like a lot, so I do. Um, so I want to talk about something today, really exciting, uh, because what's the big deal about baptism? If you haven't been around much, you haven't heard the testimonies, uh, have the testimonies, has anybody in here been blessed hearing the testimonies of the baptisms? Like, I mean, really, it's a big deal. You know, we fight the battle not just for us. Like, I know that very, very personal to everyone, the baptism that, that we've had, it's very personal, but you don't realize how it blesses us. Um, and not just that, every time you give a testimony, every time you report, like Kelly just told us, that's really true in her life. Her and David aren't young. <laughs> when I met her, they were young, but they're not young anymore. The kids are little. Uh, God's been faithful to them for a long time. I don't know, however long y'all been married. How long have y'all been married, David? I can't hear you. 34. Did David answer or Kelly? Whoa, come on, dude. Wife points right there, right there. Congratulations, 34 years. That's not that long compared to Harvey and Catherine. It's nothing. Um, what I want to do today is I do want to talk about that a little because, you know, like even in worship this morning, you know we fight for each other. We're a body, and we are for each other. And when you push through and you step up, it's just like when you're a parent. If you're, you may not feel good, but you take care of that baby. You get up and go to work, even if you don't feel like it. And I, in the body of Christ, you, what you do impacts me. And these, uh, the baptisms we've had, almost 40 baptisms in the last three or four weeks, they've made a huge impact in a lot of our lives. And uh, today I've got a couple people that are going to tell about the baptism they just went through last, last week, a week ago, and, uh, and uh, what it means to them. And I want to talk to you biblically, what it, what's the big deal about baptism? It's a big deal. So I want to talk about that today. Um, and I didn't get this in my usual not really organized self. I'm not sure who's going to talk and who's not going to. I asked a couple people. I know Belinda is. She's going to preach a little while, so it's going to be good. <laughs> and uh, So Belinda, you want to go first? She, she's not. She used to be not like coming up here. Now she loves talking in front of you guys. Uh, it's a sacrifice, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. So. Uh. Okay. Well. Um. As far as the regret about some stuff that has went away, like the nightmares. That's big. So I don't have any of that going on. And I haven't went to the doctors um, yet about my healing, but I'm feeling a little tingly, so I'm thinking something's happened. <laughs> Come on. We'll take it. We take it. And um, as far as Sean said that I could share something about him. Tell us everything. Okay. Um, well, he was like the 10th or 12th person. That went, I don't know, like a bunch. Yeah. And um, he has, like, one favorite worship song, and it's Brandon Lake, um, Like Heaven. And that's, like, his only favorite song, and it played right before he used to get in the water. Wow. That so is that was pretty special, and he's blown yeah. away about that. And it wasn't planned. So um, I feel like that was God just saying, hey, you know, you're stepping out in faith, and I recognize that. And 
Um, and he, just the calmness, I feel really calm. And um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you know, Belinda, I'll ask you a couple questions, okay? Because it's, you know, in baptism, we're buried with Christ. Like when he was buried in the tomb, the baptism is about us dying. And we, what they asked you, uh, what the prophetic team would ask us is, what do you want to leave in the water? And those things you're describing, yeah. they were already done. Yeah. But you came to faith about it that night. Yeah, because, um, yeah, I have a lot of things that just, you know, flip through my head like, regret and just wish I did things differently or just bad memories and things yeah. like that and I was ready for that to just go and I just felt like I left it in the water and God's like you can move on and don't be carrying the thing <laughs> hey come you. on that's a big deal yeah I'm happy thank yeah. you Belinda you did thank you so much is that a big deal have any of you Hitty, ever sang the song there's power in the blood Hello? That's what this is about. What are you going to let leave underneath the blood of Christ? It's all about Him. So that's really exciting. And uh, I know Belinda was uh, a little nervous. Um, yeah. And thank you for telling Rat and Sean out. I, like, I wish you'd have told us more. I wanted to hear it all. Because I saw, how many of you have, have been to the baptism and you saw, you could see, you could feel there's something going on? And... Uh, Amen. Uh, I don't know if Tiffany, you know, Tiffany, you got baptized, right? And uh, it was cray-cray, wasn't it? It was, un I learned that word this morning. <laughs> if he's crazy, it was, uh, yeah. Oh, come on. Who told you that? <laughs> he knows her name. And you know, she's like getting baptized and this place broke out in worship. If you were in the room, all of a sudden, Tiffany, you disappeared. And you, what you did, your step of faith, brought us all into a place of worship. And worship broke out. It was, it was just... Uh, it was. <laughs> Who said that? Don't make fun of me. It was. And I, I was standing... I was... Uh, Kate baptized you? Yes. Yeah. Kate was baptizing you, and I'm just there to make sure she doesn't drop you in the water. And all of a sudden, it disappeared, and God showed up. Yeah. And we worshiped. That was a song. It was. It did. It did. It's like, what? She was a worship leader. And whenever we step out in faith, we are the worship leader. And we're, it's for each other. It wasn't just for her. It was for everyone. It was for all of us. And uh, I just want us to realize that's what happens. What are these baptisms about? What's the big deal? You know, Jesus was the first one, right? In the Jordan River. We're going to read that passage here in a second. Um, I have one more person that uh, Mike Davis uh, wanted to come this morning and speak, but he uh, didn't. He just couldn't. But... Uh, he told me uh, while he, he suffers horribly from arthritis, okay, uh, disabled veteran, it's, he has a lot of pain. And when Pat and Josh, I think that you, Pat, you and Josh did, baptized him, uh, his pain just disappeared. Yeah. Now, 
it's not gone forever. He told me it, it came back, but he knew that was Jesus. <laughs> and then the next day when the pain came back, of course, that'll start you messed up again, right? He said, uh, peace. He had peace like he's never had before, even though he was hurting. And that's a miracle. If you've ever been in that place, you know the worst thing about pain is when you don't think it'll ever go away. And you need Jesus for that. Um, so, would anybody else like to say something? I'm waiting. Uh, I, Aaron? Get out of here. Yeah, come on up, Aaron. He, I knew he was going to do it. Come on up. And uh, also, uh, Lacey and Jonathan let us be a part of something that uh, I've never been. I've never baptized anyone three times before. <laughs> and I, you want to talk? Really? No, you got to go before Aaron. You got to go before Aaron. Because there may not be an after Aaron. I've done this thing where you preach on teams before. Don't ever be the last guy. You can say your name. Hi, everybody. I'm Lacey. Yeah, how much you weigh? No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's right. I did get dunked in the water three times. Three times. <laughs> three times. So, I mean, you know, I was like, like during Tiffany's, you know, I, I had the courage to go. And I was like, well, I don't know. And then I just like kind of breathe. And I was like, hey, I need to just worship and talk to God. And so I did. And I was like, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, you know, I want you to give me yourself and just give it all. So I was yeah. like, okay. So, you know. That's what I did. I was like, all right, I'm getting my shorts on. I'm getting in that water. So the first time I got dunked, I was like, I got back up, and I was like, well, hey, you know, I don't feel clean. I don't, I feel a little bit, you know. I, but then I was like, no, nope, I got to go again. So I turned, and I look, and, you know, he asked me, all right, so what do you want to leave in the water this time? And I was like, I want to leave a blindfold. You know, all my life, you know, I've, I've lived a good life, and I've, you know, I'd say I'm not always sinning, but I am sinning because I'm living life without him. And I don't want to do that anymore. Right. Amen. So <laughs> I'm going to live life with him. Yeah, come on. And I left the blindfold. And then I got up and I was like, wow, okay. So the pro prophetic team gave me words. And the very last person who gave me a word was, hey, he's telling me you need to go for the third time. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. And then I was stopped and thinking, I was like, wait, I'm not ready yet. You know, something's missing. And I was like, okay, so what's missing? And I just talked to God for a minute. And he was like, your husband's missing. I was oh. like, okay. So, was so like, Jonathan, right. stand up. Some of you guys don't know Jonathan. This is her husband. That's her better half. So I asked him, I was like, okay, so what do you want me to do? And he's like, you need your husband by your side. And I was like, okay. So I needed my husband. And for the third time, and as I come up out of that water, I felt amazing. Like, <laughs> I have felt amazing. <laughs> So I wanted to not only leave the blindfold in the water, but I also wanted to start living life with him. So I take the time out of my day to read my Bible, not just to, hey, check it off the list. I'm not doing that. I'm reading it to learn. I'm reading it to be with him, and I'm yeah. reading it to kind of just let everything go, and, Lord, you need to speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> so That's exciting, isn't it? And now every time I, like, try to read, I'm just – listening and Amen. I want to be ready for him to call on me and I want you know I'm here now 
you know, I don't know everything. I'm, you know, slowly learning, but I want to be ready for when he's calling my Amen. name. Amen. Preach, girl. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Jonathan baptized her the third time. I only dunked her twice, so I think he got the best one. We're going to do a song first, right? We're going to do a song first. Aaron requested this. You might sing. Uh, the mic's off. So, uh, that our life, your life is about encountering Him. Right? Testimonies, worship, scripture, prayer, it's all opens doors for us to encounter Him. We believe that this song that Aaron wants to play, Tim said he had it memorized. <laughs> Tim and Aaron worked together yesterday for almost 12 hours, and they played the song non-stop all day long. I heard Tim told on you. Okay. Yeah, so uh, uh, listen to this song and uh, watch and, and connect with the Lord. Amen. 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 Okay, Aaron. Oh, goodness. All right, so well, if I start going a little long, just... I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. All right. That was great, Aaron. I appreciate your word. Come on. All right. Come on. So, um, first of all, y'all, I just want to just bow our heads. I just want to pray and thank Jesus for where we're at today and being able to be here. Mm. Father, Lord, we just come to you right now. Lord, we just want to say thank you so much, Father, Lord, for showing us love and forgiveness, Father, Lord. Lord, as we go through here today, just bless this message, just bless us all, Father Lord, and just keep us safe. And we love you, Jesus Christ, and we pray. Amen. 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 So, uh, you know, I got a couple of things I, want, I don't know. I want to read to y'all. I'm going to give a little testimony. And um, for me, what I left in the water when I got baptized, I've been baptized a couple times now. But this last time, it was spiritual. Uh, it was, there was something in the room. The Holy Spirit was in here. You know, the Lord was in here. And, um, you know, uh, just the uh, atmosphere, just everything. But what I left in the water, I want to say, is anger. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Control. And um, I just want to live a godly life. And um, so a couple years ago, I wrote this in this Bible, and I never thought I'd read it out to anybody, but God has a purpose for us, y'all, and nothing happens accidentally. Everything happens for a reason. But uh, I want to thank the Lord for the people God's put in my life. Alan, Tim, you know, y'all helped me out. And uh, anyhow, my warrior, I know there's much happening in the world to get angry about. However, anger is a trap set by the enemy of your soul. If you take the bait of anger, you will become, and nothing good is ever burnt out of bitterness. So when you feel angry, cry out to me and confess that anger. I'm the one who can handle your heart, walk you through the battlefields of rage and anger. Yeah. I will teach you how to live a life free from destruction anger brings. You can, bring, you can be at peace as you learn to trust me and to deal with all those who hurt you. I pray that you will place your hurts and defenses in the hands of your loving Father in heaven. May you feel him calm and comfort you as you cry out to him. I pray his presence will bring you peace. May the Holy Spirit give you kind words to say, trying situations. And may you listen to his still voice whisper, trust me, trust me, trust me. I pray that you will lay down whatever bitterness you may bring holding on to so you can live without that burden. It is in the Father's hands now, and he will give justice. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. So for me, you know, uh, coming up out of that water, I, I can't let things bother me no more. I can't get angry about things that I can't change, you know. I just got to get up and pray to the Father to guide me and to give me the strength to overcome the, what the enemy's trying to bring. And uh, so uh, this is something I, I want to read. Um, a true sign of manhood is this. How much will a man give to achieve his goal? Give up to achieve his, achieve his goal. Not how much will he gain. A man must give up his own base desires to fulfill his mission for God, for family, and for the lives and future of his own children. Jesus said, those who wish to save their lives will lose it, and those who give up their lives for my sake will find it. So that's, you know, we can't live our way. We've got to live for him. We, we can't ride the fence. We've got to give it all to him, you know. And um, so I just wanted to read that. But then, uh, don't. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> All right, so... Um, hey, I'm glad. If your Bible's full of stuff, it's good, Aaron. It's, it's good, right? Uh, so, uh, this right here is a king mentality. Many people think of a king in a negative sense, a tyrant, a ruler, someone who looks down on the people, but a real king is a leader. A real king doesn't look down on other people. He raises them up. A real king doesn't want to control people. He wants the best for all people. He serves the people. A real king is fair and honest. He hides nothing from those he serves. He lives in integrity. Whether people are watching or not, whether the world will find out or not, he always acts in the best interest of all. The real king brings calm and order to situations through fairness, justice, and logic. The real king doesn't envy anyone because he's secure in who he is. The real king compares himself to no one because he knows we all are unique and individual. All men have king energy within them. But very few bring the energy into this world. You may, not know, you may not be the king of a country, but you can bring the king energy to those you love. Energy every single day. You can bring the king energy to all those you come in contact with, in your home, in your workplace, in your community. You can raise others up. You can search for the good in others and bless them by pointing out their qualities, those qualities. You can bring decisive fairness in every situation. You can act in, the, act in the good of all. If you're the boss of a team, don't ask, your team can, don't ask your team what your team can do for you. Ask how you can serve your team. How can you build them up? You get the best out of people knowing, not, you get the best out of people not by ruling over them, but by trusting them, by raising them up. If you can do that, you will gain respect and you will see people who will fight with you, people who will give you their all. The world needs more kings more true kings. The world needs more men who act with integrity, men who mean what they say and say what they mean, men who don't hide anything, men of integrity. The world needs more men and see the good in others, particularly in younger men. Younger men are starving for the kind of strong... Come on. Come on. Tim, this is for you, brother. Come on. particularly younger men. Younger men are starving for the kind of strong, positive influence from older men. Blessing and praise the king energy, the father figure. Look for the good in others. When you find it, speak it. Bless them by telling them. Watch them grow from the blessing. Watch them rise. Serve those you love. Don't ask what, you can, what they can do for you. Stand up with your king energy and ask yourself, 
How can I serve them? How can I build them up? How can I make them shine? Not only will this make their life better, it will make yours better. It will create relationships that few experience. It will create family, whether blood or not. They will stand by your side forever. Live with integrity, honor, and dignity. Leave a legacy of someone who raised others up. A lover of the people, a man for all, a king. Amen. 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 That's, that's all I got. I no, you got that. more. <laughs> I, I felt like... Uh, a hundred or oh, 40 times in the baptisms that's happened. And as we did that, we saw this miracle that all of us have experienced. Maybe if you haven't experienced this, Jesus is waiting for you. It's like at some point in your life, I saw this. You decided. I mean, it's interesting. They called it left it in the water. I think a hundred times in your life that you, you've done that over and over, Aaron, that you did that again, right? Is it better after you leave it in the water? It's way better. I mean, is it like, it can is. anybody convince you to be better living the way? Not at all. <laughs> that old man is dead and gone. That's, uh, there, that's the thing about <laughs> baptism, isn't it? It's like, it's like true, right? It's gone. It's gone. And you don't want to dig him back up, do you? No, no, sir. I mean, I read somewhere in the Bible, the Apostle Paul said, why after having been set free from that old man from slavery, are you going to go back into it? That's the dumbest thing in the world. Yes, but uh, you sure you don't want to go back? I'm good, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. You go take a seat and I'm going to take over. No, no. Uh, uh, no, they want to get home by one. All right. So I just wanted to be sure. And you know it's true. That's the whole, this baptism, what's the big deal about it is, I think, and I'm going to show you in Scripture, where Aaron's, this isn't your first decision. It's a big decision, and that's why you wanted to go through the baptism. But you know it's going to keep happening yes, sir. to every one of us. Yes, sir. There's, a, there's a verse, and Paul said, we're transformed by this renewing of our minds. It's when we choose to see ourselves the way God sees us. Because God didn't see you the way you used to see yourself. No, sir. Ever. No, sir. Ever. And everybody who talked, Belinda, Lacey, Sean, through Belinda, uh, you're not, we're not who we think we are. And when we agree with him, heaven comes to earth yes, through us. And that's what you're talking about, the yes, king. What do you yes, want to do? Let heaven come to earth through you, right. into other people's lives, into kids, into people, young men, you know. So, good. Yes, you did good. I, I, don't, I don't care what Angie says. You did good. <laughs> All right? Or Destiny or any of you guys. Um, I know we could do that all day, and, and testimonies are way more fun, right, than sermons. I know, oh, that's good, that's good, we're all good. Um, what was the big deal about baptism? Y'all remember the story of Jesus, and uh, it, it talks about it in the Gospels, and Luke Luke gave lots of details. You know, he was a doctor. You read Acts and you read uh, the gospel he wrote. And he gives very accurate descriptions. And it's interesting. In Luke chapter 3, he describes baptism that happened in the Jordan River with our, with our Messiah, right? In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and then he goes into all these details about historically this is What's happening here? And uh, then he comes down to verse 3. And he, before, into verse 2, he says, John, son of Zechariah, 
was baptizing in the wilderness. Uh, he was known as the greatest and the last Old Testament prophet. And it says, he went into all the country around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And you guys, Jesus' baptism was the end of the Old Covenant. The law. Living the law. Trying to live by the law and failing a thousand times. The children of Israel over and over and over and over again tried to live by the law and earn a place with God and pay, you know, they gave sacrifices to pay for your sin and all this stuff was going on. But that baptism, something happened that day with Jesus that had never happened in history before. And it's John, I think, said it right. It, was, it became a baptism of repentance. Now, I know I'm trying to brainwash you guys, but not brainwash, that's a negative term. I'm trying to give you the true definition of repentance. It's not being shame-filled, full of regret, sorry. It's not about any of that. It's that Greek word, and I showed you last time, metanoia, right? Metanoia just means together with, and noia means how you perceive, how you understand something. And repentance is simply this. I saw the world this way, and now the Holy Spirit has opened my eyes, and I see it this way, and I agree with that. Now, what, what uh, Aaron described and what, we, what happens over and over again in baptism is, I thought I was dirty. I thought I was lost. I thought I couldn't and was unable. I thought I deserved nothing good in my life. And one day the Lord opened my eyes and I began to see myself the way He sees me. That's repentance. And I choose by faith to agree with what I see. And so Jesus, John wasn't preaching a baptism of, of Old Testament, Old Covenant. He was preaching a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. That was a heresy in their day. Because you know how they were forgiven sins? They sacrificed doves and they sacrificed lambs and they sacrificed oxen and bulls and they obeyed the law and they tried to dot all the I's and cross all the T's and obey everything the Scripture said. And that was how they were forgiven for their sins. And then the greatest prophet ever in Israel's history stands up and says, Guys, I've got some news for you. You don't do any of that stuff anymore. Now it's about repentance. It's about faith. It's what you believe. Do you choose to believe what the Father believes and see the way the Father sees? Will you believe? Will you have faith in that for your salvation? And I've read that verse for 40 years and it never clicked in my mind how radical a statement John made right there because I had the wrong definition of repentance. And now I'm like, oh, John, you saw something. You basically said the sacrificial system is no longer in effect. Now it's about repentance by faith, believing like God believes. And so Jesus' baptism that day, his baptism was the end of the old covenant. 
It was the end of it. And it was the end of the law to please God and to make yourself right and holy and clean. It was the end of self-effort and man trying to be something in his own strength. It was the end of man trying not to be something in his own strength. It was the end of all of that. It was the end of living in bondage to the lies of the enemy. The enemy says you should be ashamed of yourself. That's what the devil said. The enemy says you should regret everything in your past. The enemy says you should feel guilty. That's all from the devil. And when John baptized in the Jordan, he put to death all of those things. He, he put to death that negative self-perception we have. That we all have. Right? Um, we all struggle with that. And uh, the prettier you are, the more you struggle with it. I'm serious, because you know you're pretty. And so now it's like you know everybody's judging you. And the smarter you are, you deal with it even more. Because you know, the smarter you are, the more you know you don't know everything. You know, I, do y'all remember the definition for the word sophomore, like a sophomore in high school? I think the definition for that means someone who thinks they know everything, but they don't know anything. <laughs> they could have said young men, like below the age of... 50, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Uh, the smarter you are, the more you know in here that there are mysteries that aren't about what's up here. And that's true. And God puts to death, He put to death all those things in baptism. So why, why do we need to repent? Why do we need to put those in the grave? It's because that isn't the way God thinks. It's the end Baptism, the Jesus' baptism was the end of humanity being alone, separated from God. He said, lo, I am with you always until the ends of the earth, guys. Jesus' purpose from the very beginning was to be not with us, but in us. The Holy Spirit, God the Father and the Son, in us. And he, the baptism was the beginning of that. And the end of that separation that happened with Adam and Eve. Now, it was the end of earning your way to God. And keeping, earning your way to not getting punished. And it was the beginning of salvation through faith by grace. That's a big deal. A lot of the baptisms we're going through right now aren't about someone who didn't know Jesus it's about, I see now. I've been doing this all my own. I've been blaming myself for everything with shame and regret. When you blame yourself for something, you know what? Okay, see if you're smart enough to get this. Or see if I can actually say it in a way that makes sense. Um, if you blame yourself for something, then you also, that also means you're taking credit for the good things. Is it grace? Is your salvation by faith through grace? Or is it because of what you do or don't do? So if you take credit for the good things you're doing, then that means you're going to take credit for the bad things you're doing. If you're taking credit for the bad things that you regret in your life, then you're also taking credit for the good things. And the last time I read the scripture, it's, it's about repentance, not about 
what the Judaish, the, the law, the old covenant said. That's what that was about. So I think you have to, we have to look at that stuff. Metanoia. Repentance is when God gives you, he opens my mind to see something that I don't think like him about, which is going to have to do with how I see God. It's going to have to do with how I see myself. It's going to have to do with how I see you. And any place where I don't agree with him about those core issues is going to put me in bondage. And I need to repent. And I can only repent of what he shows me. So quit judging people because they're not repenting about the stuff you're repenting about because they don't see it. Now when you see it, you get to choose. You know, the book of James is really a great book because it's true. Living by faith does require an action but it's not earning and it's not re- with it's not avoiding something so it's a revelation repentance is epiphany a revelation it's a thought it's it's something god puts inside of you right you know i i uh but this is where everything comes from and i put all three verses these verses up there there's hundreds Abraham was a father of faith. The very beginning of the kingdom of God through Abraham was a... So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. All of us. Well, what about what I do? What you do is a grace that happens in your life because of your faith. It's a power of God. It's, he gets the glory. Romans 4, For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. You see, everything we do is in response to believing in Him. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews eleven six. So everything, right, comes through faith. And then, uh, here's the rest of Luke 3. So John the Baptist... Luke's writing the story about Jesus' baptism. And he reports this. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. You know what wilderness is? It's where you wander around and there's no sustenance, there's no protection. You're alone. Fear and anxiety become your friend. You see, we live in those wildernesses. But I'm going to tell you, there's one calling. There's a voice in that wilderness. And that's what the people who were baptized described. They answered the voice. It begins with God. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for Him. Because God knows we get stuck in life. We'll get go around. You know what happens? We call I call it going around the mountain. I've been around this mountain. And I'm going around the mountain again. And you know, it happens in our life in circumstances. I mean, how, have you, how many of you guys have had the same argument with your spouse more than once? Okay, 100 times. 300 times. Chris, you and Ricardo, they're like, they're like, we don't have enough fingers on our hand. Listen, that's not a straight path. Guess who makes the path straight? Him. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill made low. It's the things that are hard. You get stuck in a rut. You can't make it up a hill. Jesus 
is the answer to every, the crooked road, the rough ways. And then he says this unbelievable statement from Isaiah the prophet. And Isaiah saw this coming. He knew the covenant they lived in with God wasn't the answer to the mountains that they were facing. All of the Old Testament covenant was just to show us we can't live in this world without Him. Nothing you do will ever be enough. Nothing you don't do will ever be enough. You need Him. It's all by faith. And John said the crowds said to the crowds coming out to be baptized with him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? And then John made this amazing statement. He understands that we live, every good thing in your life is a harvest from your intimacy or your connection or your abiding in Christ. He said, listen, we t- I took this as, a, as an accusation and a law when I used to read it. And now I'm like, wait a second. I need to read what he's saying. Produce fruit, have a harvest in keeping with repentance. Do you know where the good things in your life come from? From repentance. Every time you choose to see God the way He really is, that He reveals it to you. Every time you see yourself the way God really sees you, and you, he, you repent, you agree with Him. Every time you look at people and you see people the way he sees them and guess what God does when when you do that fruit he brings fruit into your life and do not begin to say to yourselves you see this is what happens to us all of us we have Abraham as our father don't go back to the law well God I was doing this and I was doing that and I'm being good and you should bless me. And then we become resentful when we don't get the fruit that we want. And the whole time we, went, we slip back into that living by what we do instead of by faith. You see what happens is he said don't do that. He said don't go back to saying I'm a Jew so I should be blessed. I'm a child of Abraham, so I should be blessed. No, you're blessed because of who you are and who he is. And living by faith releases God's power into our lives. For I tell you that these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. And then he makes this crazy statement, and we're going to stop here. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit And where does good fruit come from? Living by faith. Grace. It's all by grace. Every tree that does not not produce good fruit, which only comes from grace, will be cut down and thrown into the fire. The end of the old covenant was there. And you know what that tree was? What, What was the tree? I, uh, I learned this from that uh, guy, Alan Vincent, that he was a spiritual father to us. He talked about fig trees a lot. He said in Scripture, fig trees from beginning to end represent religion. You know, man trying to be good enough, man obeying the law, man offering sacrifices 
All, any kind of religion was fig trees. What happened to Adam and Eve when the enemy said you should be ashamed of yourselves and they became ashamed of themselves? What did they do? They went out and got fig leaves and covered themselves up. And God said, oh, no, 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 no. Your self-effort isn't what's going to make you one with me again. It's not what's going to bring you life. You know what's going to bring you life? I'm going to sacrifice a lamb to redeem you and to pay and you know who the lamb was. And so God killed an animal and he covered Adam and Eve with, with skin, with fur. But you know what they had covered themselves with? Leaves. Guys, I think we spend a lot of our lives trying to make, cover ourselves with leaves or to make ourselves something we're not. And the whole time God's saying, you're, you're, you're wonderful. Um, then y'all can read that story of Mark 11 about the fig tree. Jesus was walking into Jerusalem. And he passed a fig tree. didn't have any fruit on it. And he cursed the fig tree. said, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. I believe every bit of our own effort and straining and trying to be pleasing and good enough all just says that we think we're not good enough and that what God wants is faith. What he requires is faith. Do you believe because he said you're good enough that you're good enough? Who you are with your inadequacies, your gifts, your problems, your history, your body, God says it's perfect. Perfect to me, I define perfect by saying whatever God says is good. And if God says, I'm good, I'm good. So I'm perfect for him. Now, am I perfect? No. No. I still wear glasses. I am not perfect. I'm in a hundred other ways. But when God tells me who I am, I choose to by faith believe him. I repent of who I thought I was and who I judged I was or who you judged I was. I repent of that and I choose to believe, agree with God together with him. And when I do that, so you know why baptism is so important? We, from now till we go to heaven, are going to continue to run into places where we don't think the way he thinks. And it's his revelation that shows us. And I want to know. And when he reveals something to me, I want to say, yes, Lord. And when I do, he changes me. And we experience. So baptism's not going to stop. I mean, you're going in the water may stop, but repentance and being having epiphanies about who God is, how good he is, how amazing he is, how smart he is, that'll never stop. And you know what else will ha never stop? You discovering how wonderful you are, how loved you are, how confident you should be of who God is in you, your gifts, your abilities. You seeing yourself the way God sees you will never stop because there's always more. And then you know what would be amazing? What if we see each other that way? Then you'll be uh, in love with every person you meet. You'll see like what... Well, Aaron, you said it well. It's important that the older men see something worthwhile inside of you. And it's important they say it. Well, 
you become that person when you abide in Christ, when you continue to walk with him. You'll, God will show you. And it's not a lie. It's not a lie to say, if God says someone's perfect, and you say they're perfect, but they still have whatever problem, that's not a lie. That's you believing by faith. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Right? It's not what you see. Evidence, faith is about what I can't see. So you know what? God says you're good. He does. He says you're valuable. You're priceless to him. That you, you're a treasure. Valuable beyond measure. So valuable that Jesus told us that parable, right? He sold everything to have you. And he bought the whole field. So you know what God thinks about you? That's what he thinks about you. You're wonderful. And I know it's hard to believe, but that's what faith is. So this morning, I believe that that's what baptism, the first step. Next week, I want to talk about, because there's a huge question when I was talking to Kay, and she was sharing about how special her connect group was because people were t sharing about their baptism. And... uh then I think you, you, you said it, Kay, like, well, what, what's next? Somebody asked you, what's next? Are you pointing? I don't know. You, you mentioned it to me, and I thought of it. I was like, next week I want to talk about what's next. Because baptism is the first step. Uh, you know, even Paul, when he talks about baptism, he says, listen, let's, don't, let's get beyond the elementary things like baptisms and raising the dead and all that stuff. <laughs> I don't know anybody that's got beyond that. But the truth is, baptism is, an o is the open door into the kingdom. Now, what's the next step? And uh, I want to talk about that next week. There is a next step, and it's really good. It's, uh, but the next step happens every time we come to that place where we die and we let the power of God raise us from the dead. So this morning... Uh, I believe that what Aaron said is true. Best decisions, plural, you've ever made. The best decision, the best life. I, I think it's funny when I see people in our, in our world, they, they have this term called, I'm living my best life. And that has some kind of meaning, right? You see it in advertisements and stuff. Listen, you're living your best life when you follow Jesus. Yeah, but... Uh, you're living your best life when you're following Him. When you give yourself to Him. When you die and are buried with Him so that you can be raised with Him. And that's not raised just in heaven. It's raised today. So today, uh, it'd be a good day to repent. Maybe there's something you need to leave in the water. And we don't have to have the water. I mean, I could pour my water on you if you want me to but if we don't need water you just need faith just need faith is there something you want to leave in the water today is there something that God's telling you he's opened your eyes he said leave it there leave it there and if you will Jesus will take over he will so let's all let's all stand up I wanted to try and argue with Aaron and convince him to give up that decisions he's making. 
But I saw real quick, I was like, I'm not going to win this. <laughs> He's not going to give it up. He's not going back. Good. Be the best decision you've ever made if today you decide to leave that. What's, what's plaguing you? What's chasing you? Is there something in your life you need to put behind you? That's what baptism's about. It's a new kingdom. So, Father, I just thank you for uh, all the baptisms the last three weeks and four weeks. And, uh, God, I thank you for the baptisms coming. Whether they're in the water or in the air or in our, wherever they are. Uh, we just ask that you would open our eyes to see those things that we need to lay behind. See, you don't have to take those things with you any farther. You can leave the regret, you can leave the shame and the guilt where it belongs. And when you do that, Jesus will meet you. That's a testimony of every one of the baptisms. Some of us were really shocked when Jesus came. It's a big deal. So God, I just ask that you'd give us courage to... Step out and believe that you'll set us free. That you're greater than anything the enemy has ever tried to bring into our lives. So if there's anyone here this morning, we have prayer teams that will be up here that want to pray with you. And you guys have already given each other so much today that uh, I just want to thank you for that. During worship... In life, you've given so much, so much life to each other, and, and uh, it's, it's, it honors the Lord. It really does. So thank you for that. Uh, love each other. Don't forget to go to your Connect group this week. And uh, next Sunday, we're going to talk about baptism. Now what? Okay? God bless you guys. Have a good Sunday.